Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. I'm Tina Winchester and today I'm joined by health entrepreneur Marie Baer. Now I met Marie at a recent networking event and I was intrigued by her story and her product. So I've invited her along to join us for a Careers and Mental Health Conversation. Named in the Forbes Top 50 Women-Led Startups, G providing individuals with a global personal health record that focuses on privacy and security is disrupting the health tech industry. So welcome to our little cottage, Marie. Thanks very much, Tina, and I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. So Marie and I have got a nice cup of tea. We've got a passion fruit cake waiting for us. Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) could be happier today. (laughs) We need to have that sugar. Definitely. That will propel us through the rest of the day. Absolutely. (laughs) So Marie, let's start um, at the beginning of your journey. Have you always worked in um, the, the technology industry or is this something that you're new to? Um, no, I've actually been involved in tech my whole life, um, since I left school, in fact. Um, I worked for some scientists in, it, uh, at the CSIRO and DPI combined. Um, very much so then, um, did the programming on something called a punch card programmer. What was that? Well, it's really where you, the scientists... Um, wanted to validate their science results. And so um, they had this machine punch holes in a card and then all of the cards were put in a stack and then you evaluated them based on the numbers. All right, okay. Mm, yeah. And what was, that, what was that research linked to specifically? Was it anything specific? Um, because it was a combination of CSIRO and DPI, and this was actually in Rockhampton, so right. regional uh, Queensland is uh, where I first started. Um, it was based on crops, right? Okay. So uh, entomologists, yeah, um, and cattle. Oh, how interesting! Yeah. So that was quite that was quite early on in your career, was it? Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, where did it take you from there? Well, um, you know, being the challenge, uh, liking challenge, I uh, wanted to leave the country town as soon as I can, uh, could. Right. So I moved um, to to the big city, Brisbane, um, and worked in. Uh, actually, had a job in accounting. Yeah. And uh, through that, worked. Uh, then I worked for an accounting software company, and and then um, you know, just different uh, software and uh, technology companies along the way. I then, after being in Brisbane for a while, moved to Melbourne because everything happened in the big cities. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and there worked for an American software company, which still exists today, uh, Symantec. Um, you know, and then from there um, had children. Yeah. I met my husband, obviously, had children um, and worked um, part-time. The options then were different and so... Um, worked in training software. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Did you enjoy that? I did. Yeah. I did. It was really a, you know, I, I did that for about five years actually when my children were young. Yeah. It fit perfectly with the family, did it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it did. Mm. So the health space, mm. tell me a little bit about how you got into the health space and why this became such a passion for you. Well, um, 
A lot of, um, I've been involved in quite significant big projects, um, I guess, for the last 10 years or so. A lot of them with corporations um, and in Queensland that involved the resources sector and and then for government organisations. And um, a lot of those projects which had, uh, you know, money and purpose were about compliance. Mm. Um, And what happened was um, on the other side of the fence, my husband has also been involved in tech, his career as well. And he's uh, been involved in the digital health space for quite some time. And um, and so listening to his conversations as to the journey that was going to take for us Australians and and being given a My Health record, I really just wanted to take that on for people um, and thought, look, this has been created for actually for bureaucrats and for doctors. And I saw the benefit of people actually having um, a view into their own information and being able to use that to help themselves. Yeah. And um, and that's why I decided to take this on, to try and find a way for people to get a hold of their health information. Great. So tell us how um, uh, Wanji works and the app works. What, what is it all about and what, what is the purpose of it and the benefit for the individual? Because that's what caught my attention, really, that opportunity to, to have control. Yeah. Um, and often in situations, particularly with chronic conditions, mm. uh, where... Uh, and, and obviously from our perspective here at um, the Career Development Centre and Mentally Well Workplaces, it's mental health. Mm-hmm. And there's been many people that I've met over the years who have had very complex health histories who are continuously telling the same story, often a traumatic story, a recount of, of diagnosis of illnesses, admissions to hospital, etc., medications that they've taken that have been helpful, those that have been horrible, um, and uh, having to recount their story time and time again because the information either isn't available readily to um, to practitioners or they just there's just an expectation that whatever it is that's written in the official records is it and there's nothing more to it. Mm. So tell us a little bit more about how your product works and how the individual has control. Well, Tina, you, you've hit the nail on the head there um, because that's exactly what you know, we're trying to to help with is um, because people don't have access to their own health information and and the way we see that impacting people is that, you know, I guess the numbers are, you know, at least one in 20 people are misdiagnosed and um, that number is much higher if you're, say, a woman mm-hmm. or if you're from a minority group where the scientific data is not there for doctors to actually know how to diagnose you. Um, and so that's that's where we, we see our niche is that if we can enable people to have a place to store their health information and have that on hand when they see their health providers, you know, that gives them some control. Um, so when they're asked repeatedly, mm. you know, have you had these tests What's your allergies? What's your medication? Mm-hmm. They can actually refer to something and say, well, actually, no, I've already had that test. What about something different? Yeah. You know, so it's that feeling of uh, empowerment um, that we're, we're enabling, we're trying to enable people with. And, and um, despite what people think, there hasn't actually, there hasn't been a product available that's focused on health records. Mm. 
um, for people to do this and we're simpli- we're trying to simplify it and provide it for people on their phones. And so there's different elements to the, um, the, ha- the, the wallet yeah. in the health records. So people can store um, copies of documents. Yes. Um, so if their history was documented in, uh, for, from different disciplines, they could upload those into documents and then go through that and say, look, he, here's the information from my last assessment with my psychiatrist, for example, mm. um, or my last discharge plan from hospital. Yes. Um, and then um, go through the wallet and find... <clears throat> Um, information around uh, these are the medications that I've been on for the last 10 years, yes. um, either on or off. You know, I took it, th- took this medication for this long, came off this medication because, um, and it's just at your fingertips because we can't remember these things. I mean, it's impossible for, particularly when it comes to medication names, I think that that's yes. the most challenging. Yes. Remembering medication names and remembering dosages. Yes, that's right. So, so if people have that information in the app, um, then, then they can refer to it or, or share it with their doctor or health provider or psychologist. You know, they yeah. can share it in a message or a text or whatever um, if they want to. And the control is back with the person. Yeah, right? that's what I like. Um, so, yeah, it's a simple idea um, and, uh, but for many people it's a complex problem. Absolutely. The, the health record, the government health record, I, I mean, I know when we, we caught up for coffee recently and we were talking about it, I said, you know, I haven't heard anything about what's going on with that. Mm. Um, does it complement or is it a, an alternative to what is what seems to be, in my this is my opinion, quite mm. a flawed um, response to managing uh, through technology health records from the government? Well, it, it is a, I guess it's another source, you might think. Now, um, so in Australia, the government has created a, a prior, like a personal health record for, but you don't have any ability to upload or update it. Right. The okay. control is not with you. It's with the clinicians. The control is with the health professionals um, for them to update your information. Um, and, you know, you can get a hold of that information through the government portal. Um, but at the moment, we haven't got that connected in the app. Mm. Um, we, you know, funnily enough, we actually have done that work. Um, and we had that ready to provide to people about a year ago. Um, but for some reason, the government are not clear on when they want to be able to allow that to happen. You okay. know, so, you know. For the moment, there's, you know, the messaging is, okay, it's there, the doctors are uploading it, you can get it from one place, but it's, you know, not yours really. No. How does it fit? Because, and I'm not well versed in Australian law, but I know that often it's very similar to the UK. The Freedom of Information Act, Mm. people have a right to view their records. They have the right to do that. And often people don't know that they have a right to view their records and have access to um, the information that's stored about them. Um, Privacy and security is a a huge priority, I know, for Mm. you. Yes. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I I think if... We have a responsibility to have privacy and security at front and centre, you know, when we design these solutions for people um, because, you know, people want to have trust in what you're doing. And so that's what we've taken on board. And, um, you know, we've made an app that 
that is in compliance of the standards for mm -hmm. security and health records. Um, but yes, it, it is true that people can have access to their records. It, it sometimes is quite a journey for yeah. them to get a hold of yeah. their records. So um, they can, uh, you know, ask for them. Um, and sometimes they will get them easily and sometimes not and sometimes they might have to pay for them. Yeah, okay. But I guess um, – and we, ha we have got some instructions on our website about how to do that. Right. Um, but uh, it certainly is a challenge and um, you have to be ready, you know, to take yeah. on that because not all uh, – not everyone realises that – or understands that you can have access mm. to them, so you may get a little bit of pushback from, from uh, you know, some places where you go to get a hold of your records, or or they may choose to only give you partial yeah. information. Yeah. But nevertheless, like some information is better than than none. Agreed. And what uh, it will do is, if you go through this journey of getting a hold of your health records, you can then validate to see if the information is correct. Yeah. So this is a this is a global problem. It's it's just how how um, nature is, and I guess it's an example that when we have gone to see health professionals, that they've listened to our problem, and they've told uh, you know they've documented what they thought is the issue, and but they may not have picked up on everything. So I guess that's that's the other side of us getting a hold of our health health records mm. is that. We, we may or may not be happy with what's there, but in a way that's a good thing because then we can go, okay, well, actually it should be this, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, that that's well talk, documented globally that once we start getting a look into our records, we're going to see that it's not always accurate. Um, but, you know, that's probably a situation where sometimes we may have been coming into a hospital in a stressful situation and everyone's doing their best to record your information. So... Um, you know, that's just part of the health records journey. But see, even that example that you gave, you know, going into hospital in a stressful situation, um, if you have, and everybody has their phones with them yes. all the time, it doesn't matter Absolutely. who we are, try, it, trying to give information um, and recall information is really difficult in circumstances like that. But the opportunity to say, look, here's my wallet. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is the information that you might need is fantastic. It is, and um, some doctors have said to me that having that information is a great ob objective um, way for doctors to, to get the information yeah. from you. So, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, everyone thinks that, well, everything, it, ideally if everything was connected, it would be good, but everything's not. Mm. And so even if you can show the doctor on, you know, from your phone and say, for example, if it's a list of medications, mm. Right. You can say, actually, I'm on this doctor and they'll go, right, okay. And they may say to you, well, look, do you think you can text me, Yeah, you know, what you're on so that I can easily have it? Um, or they may not, but even by just for them to view it, um, it, it gives them um, an opportunity to treat you um, more aptly because there's actually in Australia, um, and this is worse globally, obviously, there's hundreds of thousands of people that cost get hospitalised due to incorrect medication. Yes, right. Um, and so if you had that information on hand, you're actually increasing your chances of being diagnosed and treating treated correctly. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, can you give us an example of, say, somebody with a condition and the kind of information that, that they upload onto their, their 
um, wallet? Um, okay, so I guess if you um, – a friend of mine recently who, who uses the app, he actually went through, um, you know, a series of uh, cancer treatments um, and so he was, you know, having those treatments on a daily basis and so he took – um, he just did it simply, simply. He either took a photo of the the document that he got from the doctors or mm-hmm. where you know wherever he had the test, and then he just he just um, uploaded that onto um, you know a form in the app, mm-hmm. and then he has those records stored. So just every time he went somewhere, he just took a copy of the either the receipt or you know just put some notes in, yeah. and then that recorded that event. Um, and then obviously the medication, right, he put the medication in that he was on. Um, and they're all the examples. So he just, he took a record of what he, what happened during that, um, that cycle of cancer. Uh, and so he's got that now on hand. Yeah, excellent. And everybody knows that it's a journey. So if you've had a significant event um, and then something happens again in mm. the future and you go to the doctor you know, it's going to be a long appointment trying to get them up to speed, isn't it? Right. So if you can then go, okay, here's a list of, you know, here's a bit of a summary Mm. of what I've been through over the the, the last year. How good would that be? Well, it's money saving. I mean, efficiency Mm. is is key to, especially as services everywhere are underfunded, whatever they might be for Mm. whatever condition. Mm. Um, that ability to be efficient uh, at an appointment so that it's not long and drawn out trying to remember histories from the past or uh, clinicians go on their computer trying to look things up and I can't have access to that or I can't there's nothing on my system about that but if you've got it in the palm of your hand it's efficient Mm, it is actually um, mentioning cost saving um, one area where people can actually save uh, money for themselves is is to saw their their specialist referrals Right. right. So um, my my friends in the uh, in the health industry say one in three people lose their special deferrals. Mm. And I know I've had this experience myself. You have a panic. The next morning you have a specialist appointment and you can't find it. Yeah. And you think, oh, am I going to be charged more? Right. Yeah. Or do I need to cancel this appointment because I actually haven't got the the referral? And so if people can store that in the app, yeah, um, that will save a bit, save quite a bit of stress, yeah, no because doubt. they'll know they'll have it on hand. So all I have to do is once they first get that referral from the receptionist or their doctor, take a photo of it and store it in the app. Put a put a like oh expires by date in, yeah, because often referrals expire, and so you're organised um, because if you you will um, not be able to claim on Medicare if you don't have your referral. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you will be sent back to the doctor again to get yeah. another one and then you have a you know another cost of a doctor appointment. So, And people that have a lot of complex conditions are always going to different specialists getting tests. Yeah. And so if that's one thing that I can help them with. Yeah, brilliant. You know, that's great. I, I love it. I do. Um, what are the other features? Tell us about the other features on the app. Um, well, one, um, besides storing health records, um, we also um, enable people to manage their symptoms. So this is something where whether you have a physical or, or mental um, uh, a symptom that you want to track, you can track that within the app. Um, and then when you go and see a doctor, you can actually 
you know, show them, okay, this is actually what's been happening. That's fabulous. Mm. That's really, that's a really good feature because um, if you had a chronic condition where, because there are, there are times with, with physical conditions as well as mental health conditions where there'll be some days that are more painful than others. Yeah. Or some days that feel more unbearable than others. Yeah. Um, and then again, trying to recount you know, when it was, how long the symptoms lasted for, uh, what they might be related to, because sometimes we can we can track the, the things that will be related to. For things like, I don't know, again, Marie and I have already talked about this, um, I've got a daughter with celiac disease. Mm. And so as soon as she has any, any contamination of gluten, she will go down. She mm. will go down for sure. Um, and then there'll be times when she, she's in so much pain that she'll be in bed and there'll be times when, um, she'll just be so fatigued that getting through the day is really difficult. So being able to recount that back with accuracy Mm. surely has got to help with the right kind of treatment, um, and intervention from a practitioner. Mm. But what we're also trying to do there is help people with communicating to their health professionals because, um, you know, some of us get quite shy in front of a doctor. Yeah, that's true. Um, or we forget critical things. Um, and so uh, when you're filling out the symptoms, um, there's a little little um, prompter there say, you know, what do you want to say when you're in front of the doctor, right? Because um, it might be not related to the symptom, but you might want to ask a mm. question, right? Um, and so... This is, uh, you know, really a communication tool that we're providing. So, um, because the doctor will go, okay, what's what's going? What's your symptoms? You know, what's your history? And you know, and they're busy typing away, mm. and you don't, you you get a little bit confused yeah. and forget things. So, if you have these as prompters, um, you don't have to show them to the doctor. You can just have it on your phone and go, okay, this is what's been happening. Um, and relevant, yeah. Um, because then you can also remember over a time frame. Because you might not get to see a doctor or a specialist for a period of time, mm. and then they'll want to know how things have been going um, for you. And so, if you've actually got that record on a daily, hourly, minute basis, um, then you can recall that more easily. Um, now, the other reverse of that too is what could happen is when you go to see. Um, a health professional is that could actually say all right instead of prescribing you something i'm going to prescribe you wanji you right. can you can manage your symptoms right <laughs> so come back next week and tell me how it's been going right you've been having this medication or doing this activity i want to see the change is it good or bad right yeah so that's so good because it could even be something um as straightforward but effective as um exercise absolutely particularly for low mood Mm. so uh, a a decent amount of exercise that they say 30 minutes three times a week Mm. and then track your mood they say that that is as effective as an antidepressant and that's not uh, anecdotal there's research to back that up so if you can chart it and see that Mm. there's improvement whatever it might be whatever the intervention might be um then you've got you know, a record of this works for me or this, you know, this other intervention doesn't work for me. Well, that's an excellent feature. Well, you reminded me of one of the other reasons why we started this um, was because um, your health is not just about your sickness, it's about your wellness. And so when we created the app, we also allowed people to um, be able to bring in their data from their wearables 
and right. or if they haven't got wearables, they can manage activities from within the app manually. Yeah. So, you know, if you if someone wants to manage having a walk mm. or, or sleep yeah. or having water or their weight, that's so right. Good. They can actually there's an activity section of the app, and then they can track that as well. Yeah. So it's about. Wanji's about health and wellness yeah. um, and, and having it all in one place. And I guess that's why we're calling it a health wallet. Yeah, exactly. And mm. um, what does Wanji mean? Now, Wanji is an Indigenous word meaning, meaning health and life. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. Excellent. So where do you see Wanji going? You know, if, if, um, if you woke up tomorrow and a miracle had happened and everything that you've ever imagined for Wanji had happened overnight, what would it look like? Well, obviously I have some, you know, exciting ideas for what I want to do in the app, automate it um, so that people can, um, you know, have um, their health entries you know, put in automatically using, say, OCR or voice. You know, right. this is all. You know, this is all the future. And obviously, as we get bigger, we'd like to be able to um, uh, to do this. And and it's also about about as we grow. You know, listening to our um, our customers. Yeah. And and getting feedback of what they want to see. And and that's that's part of the journey of yeah. us being included in the journey with our customers. Um, obviously, we've created this as a global product. Um, you know, and, and we're very excited that uh, when we launched on the App Store recently, uh, we launched on App Store a few weeks ago, and then actually over this last few days, we launched on the Google Play Store. Um, you know, what we've noticed is that because we're visible um, on the App Store, we actually have about 50% of our new customers coming from the US. Yeah, that's interesting because the health system is so very different as well over there. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I don't, I mean, I'm not well versed, but I, I don't, it doesn't feel from the knowledge that I've got that it's particularly streamlined and interactive and collaborative between professionals. So the suggestion that this kind of app would be um, so useful to somebody in the USA makes sense, really. It does, but it's, it's a global problem. And so... Um, a lot of us are global citizens now, so we travel a lot. So we designed this app to be global. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we have examples of people in the US now um, taking this on board for their chronic uh, condition memberships. But when people travel, um, you know, what are the key things that you need if you have an accident overseas? They want to know if you're immunised, what medicine you're on, what's your history. And so it's much easier if you have that electronically in an app rather than trying to take a, a folder of yeah. documents with you. And that's, that's, a, that's a global journey. That's not just an Australian journey. Um, and we were talking before about comparing ourselves uh, and the US uh, as far as you know, health records. And yes, in Australia, we have a central health record um, that 90% of Australians are using or may use mm. currently. But, um, you know, 10% of people still don't have health records. And it's still also a problem if you travel. And I guess if you compare that to the US as well, they, um, you know, they have a regional situation where, uh, they are you're connected to the doctor or the region or the healthcare or or the health insurance 
mm. company that you're aligned mm. with. You can get health records from them. But if you travel out of that region, you go to the next county or the next right. city, um, even though it's an amazingly big country, yeah. um, things are just not connected. Right. Um, and so you might be, uh, you know, a customer of a massive big health insurance company, but they are only aligned to certain cities. And so they still have the same problem yeah. because people are, are global in it. They travel a lot. Um, and if I say compare ourselves to Apple, now Apple is a, obviously um, people know Apple and they have commenced allowing people to um, obtain a health record. But it's only in the US and it's only if you are a member of some of the health care organisations oh, okay. that health that Apple have connected to. So whereas uh, what we've tried to do is provide an independent solution um, so that no matter what you're connected to, you can store your health records. Such an excellent concept. And it just, it feels like a simple con, con although I would imagine it is certainly not simple to build. Yeah. Um, but a massive gap that's just never been filled. Yeah. Until now. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, it is a social change. Um, most of us, um, despite going to the doctors all the time, are very passive mm. ab about um, having access to our health records. Um, and we've just made do. We've made do with, you know, our, our folders. Mm. Um, uh, because we haven't realised that there's an option for us, and um, and so this is the communication, I guess that that we're trying to get the message out there. There is an option now. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think we've always historically been at the mercy of healthcare practitioners because we don't go and see healthcare practitioners when we're in any other position than a vulnerable position because yes. we're not well, exactly, in some way. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about the benefits for somebody who might have um, a mental health condition. We are extremely vulnerable when our mental health declines and um, and we're seeking support uh, and we often don't pursue, you know, with any vigour what might be our rights mm. because we are so vulnerable. Yeah. But the opportunity to be able to, to take the stress away in terms of recounting the things that have happened to us or the, the you know the medications and all of that and I know I keep saying the same thing around back that but I, I've seen it I've been doing this for a long time I was in services for almost 20 years in the UK and sometimes people's health records which were often manual though when I left the NHS they were working with Fujitsu to create e electronic records so I don't know where they're at with that now and mm. um, often the records would be really thick and cumbersome um, and the clients wouldn't have any access to it unless they went through the Freedom of Information Act and that was long and arduous and really difficult mm. um, and uh, we feel as if we're stripped of our, of our power when we're not well as it is but when it's our mental health that's on the decline I feel it's even worse yeah um, so that um, client-centered autonomy so important to, mm. for us to to maintain some kind of control over what's what's happening to us yeah and that's the essence it is yeah that's the essence of it um and i guess unless you've been through that journey and and you know i hear these stories all the time of people that have taken years to mm. get diagnosed or they haven't really um had all the evidence to be able to tell a doctor you know or you know, there's a lot to tell. But know. also to understand it as well, you know, the, 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 the 
medical language is is often like a foreign language mm. but the opportunity to understand it as well and hold in your hand your own interpretation of you know do your research I always do it if I yeah. you know what was that I'm going for a blood test I don't know what that means I would look it out yeah. see what it means and then you can actually store your own interpretation and, and and check it back out so tell me um you know I'm from this medical jargon I believe that you're saying that is that correct and mm. it gives you an opportunity to really gain a full picture of your, your entire health yeah. Um, there's been quite a bit of research undertaken where if people have access to their information, um, they're more and they they actually get a copy of what happens at the doctor, mm. they're more likely to follow that um, and, and actually start to improve their conditions if they if they can recall what it was the doctor that Fantastic. told them. Fantastic, yeah. Um, and so also even... Um, the benefit of having a copy of something and then you looking at it later in the privacy of your own home, you don't feel as vulnerable, right? When, um, I mean, I I feel embarrassed sometimes mm. when I'm in front of a doctor. I don't yeah. want to ask, mm. oh, that means I don't know something. Exactly. I don't want to be vulnerable and reveal I don't know what that that really long word means. Yeah. So, you know, I'll make note of that and, and I'll Google it later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, we all do it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and I guess that's uh, that'll be part of the roadmap too that we'll do with Wanji um, is as we can start to more get more atomic data around, say, some of the tests, um, we'll, we'll, we'll – provide facilities to be able to say okay this this means that mm. um we had included that when we did the work for the my health record we actually right. had done the work around um okay this is your test and this is what the result means um so um so we hope to bring that into the wanji app at some point yeah i think that's an excellent um feature because it is very difficult to understand medical speak mm. for sure um so as a woman, as a woman, not as a woman, <laughs> as a woman yeah. in, in the startup and particularly in the tech field, which I know that is a, a, there's a push for um, the recognition of, of brilliant women in, in the tech field, what do you find is the most challenging thing, Marie? Oh, geez. Yeah, I know it's a big question. <laughs> it's um, a big question. Um, I mean, having been involved in tech my whole life, yeah, it it is challenging from time to time because there are a lot of men in the industry mm. and I guess we just you know try and sort of scrabble our way through um but um you know what I'm seeing is there is uh, some women that are trying to recognize that there are women in this in this space that are that are trying to um uh, I guess uh, provide some significant solutions, and and that has been, um, you know, for an example of that is being recognised by Forbes exactly. as you know um, one of the top fifty women in um, that are disrupting health tech. Um, however, uh, you know we're we're now looking to grow and expand, and and uh, you know we're not really getting recognised, and we're we're looking for investment. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that is we're not really getting the, uh, I guess, you know, if I was male, would I, be, would I be funded by now? Right. You know, I ask those questions. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know, it, it's difficult. Um, but, you know, uh, we have to continue yeah. uh, for the benefit of people. 
absolutely tenacious and yeah. driven and <laughs> you're not giving up and that's the way to go well you're making such great progress with this you are you know it's how what, what, was it 2017 that Wanji was created yeah we started yeah. in 2017 and then uh last year we created the product for the my health record um that's still on the shelf we'll turn it on when we can if people want it yeah um or and the government decides that it's it can be um, but yeah, it's been over a two year journey mm-hmm. now and, um, we launched in April, um, and we're just starting to get that, uh, you know, the recognition and what we're hoping to do obviously is have the message get out there for people to give Wanji a try, yeah. you know, start giving us some feedback and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we'll improve as we go. Yeah. Yeah. So we often talk about self-care on this podcast because it's hugely important to keep us well. So what do you do for your own self-care, Marie? What have you done over the last couple of years to keep yourself sane whilst you're doing this? Yeah. Well, um, you mentioned exercise and um, I I do have that as part of my regime um, because it is is very stressful. Yeah. Uh, You know, and it's, there's a lot of things to be stressed around and and, uh, you know, having a small company, trying to grow, having people that work for me, trying to do, you know, the right thing. Mm. Um, but what I do, I have a daily regi- regime of um, I walk my dog every morning. It's not a long journey, but, yeah. you know, it's probably about five kilometres and then um, walk to the local coffee shop and uh, my dog thinks that he owns that coffee shop. So, <laughs> you know. Um, we go there and have a coffee and there's become a little bit of a community. So that's a really good start yeah, for me. So you're connecting with people as well. You're out, outside, you're with your, your pal, with your companion and you're getting exercise. Yep. Yep. So I do that uh, every day. Um, and on the weekend, um, this is probably a bit crazy for some people, but I'm actually a surfer. I'm a longboard oh, really? surfer. And uh, so we go to the coast um, and, uh, you know, have a surf and – there's something I say about surfing. It's very difficult to think about stressful things when you're getting pummeled by a wave. Ah, fabulous. <laughs> what brilliant self-care techniques yeah. you've got. Yeah, so those sort of things, yeah. um, you know, I think help on a daily basis. Excellent, excellent. So if anybody wants to find out more about Wanji, so first of all, if anybody wants to find out more about the work that you're doing because they're an investor, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, well, they can contact me through uh, LinkedIn, yep, or uh, or through Wanji, yeah, through the website Wanji, yeah. yeah. So www.wanji.com. Well, all you need to do is just Google Wanji. It's just Google Wanji. Um, people don't need to do the www no, anymore. No, they'll find you, will they? <laughs> right. So and so Wanji is W A N G I. That's it. yes. Yep. So okay. Google Wanji or contact me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram. Yes. Excellent. Through all the socials. And and that's the same for anybody that's interested in having a a, a demo of the app or subscribing to the app themselves. Yeah, that's right. Fabulous. I think it's a brilliant concept. I absolutely do. Um, I don't often meet people at networking events and then say, come and do a podcast. Usually people will seek us out or we'll seek them out specifically. So I think it's a fantastic product. And I know from my experience in mental health services, particularly for people with complex conditions, um, which often have physical conditions attached to them, I think this is an essential way to take control of your own healthcare and understand the input um, into your healthcare. So hats off to you, Marie. We wish you all the best with this. 
Thanks very much, Tina. And I'm honoured to be here. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Marie. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.